Chapter Twenty Six of the Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Debbie R. Baker Robinson. The Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods by Herbert Carter. Trusting to the Woods Pilot. It was by this time getting about as exciting as anything Tad had ever dreamed of. The noise made by the sweeping flames began to din in his ears as he had never expected to hear the roar of fire. Still, he noticed that Jim had not changed his course much. Plainly, then, he was heading for the cabin of Cale Martin and had not yet given up hopes of being able to make it. Only for the intense desire of the guide to please his Lena, doubtless he would ere now have changed his flight and headed for that pond where they could be certain of finding security. Tad only hoped Jim would not be tempted to take too many chances in his endeavor to accomplish the reconciliation. So the boy began to strain his eyes looking ahead, hoping that any minute they would sight the lonely home of the late poacher who had turned fox farmer. The fire could now be seen more plainly than ever, and Tad noted how the wind seemed to carry all manner of whirling sparks far ahead to set the dead pine needles ablaze and turn so that there was an ever-marching procession as fresh patches of woods fell into the grip of the flames. Something went squealing past them, almost upsetting Tad. Good gracious, wasn't that a pig? he exclaimed, startled by the sight. Jim nodded his head as he replied, Kale's pig. Let's em have their run of the woods sometimes. But he'll never see that porker again. It'll sure be roasted to return, I guess now. What next, I wonder, thought Tad, as he heard rather than saw several frightened partridges go sweeping past. All these things served to add a certain element of spice to the situation, although Tad really believed it hardly needed anything to make it seem the most exciting in all his experience. Well, at any rate, Jim had certainly thought it wise to increase his speed now, so that he was running fairly fast, considering the difficulties that lay in the way of making good time. When Tad came upon a broken-down rail fence, he knew they must be close in the neighborhood of the cabin, and at the same time he thought that it was well this was the case, because contact with the fire could not long have been delayed. A minute later, and he sighted the side of the cabin. As Jim had said, it stood in comparatively open ground, but the brush had grown up again, owing to lack of care when the owner lost interest in the home that no longer knew the presence of little Lena. A couple of low sheds could also be seen nearby, but even to Tad's uneducated eye, it was plainly apparent that if the fire worked this way, everything was bound to go. Cale Martin may have escaped by reason of his energy before on other occasions, but this would wind his place up. There was no sign of any human being around. Jim seemed to look to the right and to the left with more or less eagerness. Plainly, he was disappointed because he did not see the giant poacher somewhere. He hurried over to one of the low sheds, and, as Tad followed close after him, he saw that there was an enclosure made of chicken wire in which several red foxes were running furiously back and forth, as though conscious of their peril and wild to get out and escape. He can't be here, Jim called out, for the fire was really so noisy now that it required more or less of an effort to make oneself heard. Why not? asked Tad. Cause he never let them foxes stay in there. Kale, he's human if he used to be a hard case, and knowing they're fired like as not get him if they stayed coop up, he'd sure broke the wire fence down so's to let him run. 
saying which jim deliberately did this himself tearing up a stake and in almost the twinkling of an eye making a big hole through which the four red foxes shot like lightning the last scene of them the shrewd little animals were flying away into the woods that as yet had not felt the scorching breath of the fire will they escape jim asked tad unable to repress his desire for knowledge even while facing such a scene of havoc as this sure they will grunted the guide who was already turning hastily in the direction of the cabin the thought struck tad just then that perhaps something had happened to the big owner of the place he might be found there sick and unable to move hand or foot in that case a new problem would have to be faced and a solution worked out but no matter what happened they could not remain here long the fire was edging around and working in toward kale's cabin in ten minutes perhaps not so long a time as that it would have swept over this territory and gone roaring and leaping into the woods beyond now they were at the door of the cabin it was shut and there was no evidence that kale was within jim did not hesitate a second he knew this was a time for action rather than thinking and so he immediately started to push open the door fortunately this did not seem to be fastened in any way so the guide had no trouble to speak of in doing what he desired then jim rushed inside and tad followed closely after him one glance around seemed to tell them that the cabin was empty it was a cheerless-looking place according to the mind of the boy accustomed as he was to the comforts of a good home in a civilized community but no doubt it had been home to kale martin up to the time the light of it was taken away by young jim hasty the guide pointed to a small photograph that was fastened to the wall it was not a work of art by any means and evidently represented the labor of some aspiring village photographer but as tad bent hastily over to examine it in a couple of seconds he saw that it was the face of a very sweet-looking girl and he did not need to be told that he was looking on the face of little lena jim's wife and the only child of the lonely poacher old kale martin he isn't here jim what will we do now do you have any idea where he's gone the boy demanded in his excitement clutching at the sleeve of the guide's coat i can give a guess about it replied jim seems like he keeps a litter of foxes somewhere off in their woods and chances air the old man he's risked his life to get out thar and set them free so they could escape twould be just like him to do that same thing hark i thought i heard a shout exclaimed tad both of them listened anxiously jim even hurrying toward the open door but before he could reach it a huge form darkened the opening and a man came staggering in tad knew that he was looking upon kale martin long feared by every man in the pine woods of northern maine but to tell the truth he did not look very formidable now for his beard was singed his face blackened and his clothes smouldering in patches as though he might have been compelled to run the gauntlet of fire in returning from his self-imposed errand of mercy in connection with the impounded fox whelps he stared hard at them as though he could not just believe his senses tad saw he was very nearly overcome with the smoke that had entered his lungs as well as the burns he must have received and just then the boy realized something of the real horror of a terrible forest fire at a distance it might seem a glorious spectacle but close at hand its dreadful nature was revealed jim knew that this was neither the time nor place to waste a second in trying to enter into explanations those could all keep until a more convenient season kale martin was all but played out 
he swayed as he stood there and tad could see that the wonderful strength that had many years before made him the marvel of the lumbering camps as jim had told him was very nearly utterly exhausted and yet so great a hold had his dislike for jim hasty taken upon his nature that at sight of the man in his home he frowned blackly we got our mosey out in this right smart kale said jim boldly take their talk until we is safe from the fire plenty of time then to tell me what you wants to say i kim here to see you cause lena she made me now let's be headin further pond lest we wants to be roasted and stewed and wild the giant did not seem inclined to make the first move to save himself and it burst upon tad's mind that he was really in some sort of a daze perhaps the heat of the fire had affected his head and he could not gather his wits he may have headed straight back to the cabin through the border of the fire simply because of that intuition which will carry a man walking in his sleep past dangers and difficulties jim must have guessed something of the same thing that would account for his daring to leap forward and catch hold of kale's sleeve though he had to beat out a small conflagration at the same time help me get him away jim did not say this but his look did as he turned toward tad and the boy instantly sprang forward to take hold of kale's other arm the giant, strangely enough, did not seem to offer any objection. Perhaps he realized that he was in a bad way, and that if left to his own devices must surely perish there, and life may even have been sweet enough to accept it at the hands of the man whom he believed had so terribly wronged him in stealing away his girl. The instant they stepped out of the cabin, Tad was appalled at the change that had taken place. Surely they could not have been inside for more than three minutes at the most, and yet so rapidly had the smoke and fire headed and tore the cabin of old kale that it was a fearful spectacle which burst upon their vision now the crackling of the flames the crash of falling trees the howl of the wind all these made a combination that was deafening added to it was the fierce glow of the fire itself rising and falling as new patches of woods fell into its never satisfied maw tad began to wonder how it would all end and whether that wish of his to look on a real forest fire was not going to end in a tragedy. But he shut his teeth hard together and determined to play his part as a true scout should. Jim was still there, and Jim would know what to do. The fire warden of the past had learned many ways of outwitting the red-tongued enemy, and there was hope of escape so long as he could remain on deck. And so Tad drew in a long breath, half-choked as he was, and waited to see what course the woods pilot would take. End of chapter 26